Hello, how you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. How the devil are you? Did you have a good week off? Yeah? What'd you get up to? Interesting. Was it productive? Good. What's that? How, how was your holiday, Craig? Because you, you're back now. Um, well, look. Let's put it this way. It wasn't restful. It was enjoyable. And it was full on. But I, I didn't really rest. I'm back and I kind of wish I could just have another holiday of just doing nothing and just reading books. So, as you may or may not know, I was very busy over the summer filming up and down from Manchester, and I wanted to take my little boy on a holiday. And it was my first holiday as a single dad with my little boy. Now, as any parent will tell you, travelling with children can be full on, and I wouldn't change my little boy for the world, let's just get that straight right now. But he's full of energy and full of questions, and he never lets up. So I think, in hindsight, a 10-day holiday in Greece um, was about three days too much, to be honest. Because by the end of day seven, I was beginning to lose my shit. I had no adult conversation to speak of whatsoever. And uh, I spoke to a friend of mine two days before we were leaving knowing that we had a full travel day on the Tuesday and we had to leave the hotel to get the ferry to get a taxi to queue to get a plane to get a train and then get back into London so it was a full on day and I said to her I said what I'm doing the day before on the Monday before we travel on the Tuesday I said to him I said right this day is yours you conduct this day okay this is your meltdown, right? You choose what we do, where we eat, what time we do everything. You're the conductor. It's your day because tomorrow I need you to really be patient and be on your best behaviour because we've got a full-on travel down. I don't want things to get stressful. And she did say, you do know that all those promises will mean shit the next day. And there was half of me thinking, yeah, no, no. No, 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 she's, she's totally right. And there was another half of me going, no, but please, if, if, if you put that in the bank, if you put the investment there, then maybe you'll get something back. And you know what? She was totally right. It was an absolutely knackering day on the travel back. But I'm back now and beginning to breathe. And God love him and God love me. He's going back to school tomorrow and I cannot wait Hence why I'm in the garden recording this intro, sounding slightly tired. But uh, it's great to be back. And uh, what a response from two weeks ago from Jill's episode. I, I think I always say, I don't always say, but sometimes the response from certain people's episodes is completely overwhelming. And I think the conversation that me and Jill had a couple of weeks ago um kind of took everybody off guard really certainly you know definitely me because 
it was the first time that Jill had discussed her grief and, and the trauma and how she dealt with everything in her life. And I know it touched a lot of people because of the questions and comments and emails that we've had. So thank you so much. And I know that Jill's been very responsive on social media to everybody, thanking them. So um, for those of you that did listen, and I know there were some people that did reach out to me and said, you know what, Craig, I'm not in a place where I can listen at the moment. Whenever you can, if you can, do go back and listen. It's a very brave um, and beautiful and honest thing that Jill did. So, moving on. As you may or may not know, next year what we're going to do is we're going to do a two-shot podcast mini tour. We are going to go to certain cities and we're going to do live podcasts. What we want you to do is drop us a message and let us know which city or town or even venue you want us to come to. Um, We've had a lot at the moment from Manchester, a lot for Liverpool, a lot for Bristol. Edinburgh's riding high, Glasgow is strong. Cardiff is there as well. Uh, Nottingham. If there's any other places that you think, then drop us a tweet or a text a text, you don't have the phone number, what I'm talking about. A tweet, Instagram, Facebook, two shot podcast at gmail.com. No, it's not. What I'm talking about, I've done that for ages. It's two shot pod at gmail.com. Let us know. And what we're going to do, put the list together because we, God, we love putting the list together. And we are going to come and see you very, very soon. Well, next year. But I'll tell you what's even sooner. York Theatre Royal have very kindly invited us to do the podcast live there. So it's the 18th of October. Go to yorktheatreroyal.co.uk, snap up a ticket. They are selling, which is brilliant news because I haven't even announced the guest. I will tell you, though. Come here. I will tell you. I've just emailed a representative representative of uh, a very well-known Yorkshire actor today and we're going to see what comes back um, it's going to be someone very exciting look if that person doesn't want to come on that's totally fine but we will have at least one we might have two guests let's see but there will be they'll definitely well will they be an actor I don't who knows they're going to be brilliant whatever it is and it'll be a fantastic fantastic night and we would love to see you I will be there, obviously. Producer Griff will be there. And uh, hopefully you'll be there. And he can come and say hello. Yeah? Do you fancy it? Come on. Come to York. It'll be a fantastic night. But until then, um, we better go on with episode 96. I'm so sorry for waffling too much. I think I'm still on great time. It's only two hours. It's not like it's jet lag, is it? So, a few weeks back, I was very, very happy to welcome one of the breakout stars of the massive, massive hit comedy show, Derry Girls, on Channel 4, Nicola Coughlin. And I'm a massive fan of her on social media. She's very, very funny. She's very witty. And she's very cut. And she got really badly trolled by awful, awful rags earlier this year. Horrible, nasty red tops. Um, during the BAFTAs and 
when the reports came out, she reposted and cut these people down to size, which is what she should be doing. And she did it with beautiful, beautiful class. Um, so I was really excited to meet her and I was so thrilled that she was going to come on. And you know what? I wasn't disappointed. She's amazing. And I don't think you're going to be disappointed. So sit back, get on the treadmill, enjoy the commute, whatever it is you are doing. This is episode 96 of the Two Shot Podcast with the absolute class human being that is Nicola Coughlin. Enjoy. I'll see you in a bit, yeah. We're in New York and my friend, um, she she went out with this like um, Danish art dealer and he dumped her when we were in New York. And I'd invited her knowing her relationship was like very on the rocks. And then went, oh shit, what have I done? And then she was like, let's go to the Met. And I was like, yeah, fine. No, not the Met, the, um, what's the modern art? MoMA. Right. And then we walked in and realised neither of us really liked art galleries. And it was also like this horrible, like, <laughs> <laughs> like this room 101 for her. We were just walking around. I was like, she's traumatised. What are we and doing then, here? Yeah, I don't know why we agreed to it. But so when we came in and saw all of Noel Fielding's paintings, I sounded very, like I knew a lot about art. But like, oh, he was really influenced by Basquiat. But that's about one of <laughs> the three things I know about art. But you did, just you have just, to, did you look that up? No, I just, I just, I just, I was, show, I was showing my pictures, but... Yeah, hang on, is it, is it there? I'm a, I'm a terrible Googler of things. This is great oh, for a podcast, Nicola. You know? I know, it's a great pictures. visual, but it's like, you know... They'll, we... they'll, they'll go crazy for this. <laughs> but look, right there. See, it's quite, you can see the, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's um, Basquiat. She's telling the truth, listeners. Yeah, yes, it's please. very, very Jean-Michel Basquiat-esque. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, please do not test my art history knowledge. It so will be terrible. What the fuck about yeah. that tattoo... What tattoo? The tattoo that I saw this morning that somebody sent you. Oh, my God. Do you know what? That's the So it's a Dairy Girls tattoo, but that's the second one I've seen. That's the second one? Yeah, because somebody, some girl went to, like, Magaluf or something and got... Well, it's Louise's, uh, it's Oris with Protestant, hit Abba. But the girl, <laughs> the girl got... That was a very good impression. Yeah, we do it all the time to her. And, the, like, um, Louise does the Oral noise, which is, oh, <laughs> Which a lot of it gets cut out of the show, but whenever we'll finish a scene and Louise will just go, ugh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the girl got Protestants don't like Abba. And then I, I, like, put it on Twitter. I was like, oh, my God, wow. But then people really, like went for her and they were like why did you get that you've got the quote wrong like, people were just dead mean oh, and she deleted God. it and I felt really bad because I was like I didn't want her to like feel bad I'm like you get a tattoo if you want but yeah someone got um being a dairy girl to fucking state of mind tattoo but in th- it was thick, thick black yeah there might have been some red in there yeah it's got, it's got a blood. shamrock to <laughs> cover out the U and, and that's word. the cover of a, of a forearm, isn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they have gone for it. They've committed heavily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so, I mean <laughs> that is... I mean, if you're going to go, that is commitment. <laughs> yeah, I, pre- I appreciated it. It was great. And I was going, oh, well, is she just a fan or is she actually from Derry? Do we know? I don't know. It was because they do... What's quite mad, um, they do Derry Girls tours now. They do, like, walking tours. Jesus, you're turning into Game of Thrones, Nicola. It's What's ridiculous. going on? <laughs> well, always my aim. I really thought when I read the script for Derry Girls, it's so similar. Um, yeah, it's absolutely mental. They go see Dennis's Wee Shop. Yeah. Which will be a surprise for you because the outside is in Derry, the inside's in Belfast. Oh, is it? So you'll go in and Dennis's Wee Shop in Derry is actually massive. Um, and they go... What else do they go see? God, I actually don't even know. They go and see the mural... The bloody... Well, I was going to talk massive. about the mural. It's absolutely mental. 
We I thought it was a terrible idea, just for starters. We thought it was an insane idea. Why did you think it was an insane idea? Because, I mean, the mural culture in Northern Ireland is such, it's such a big thing and it's often people that, you know, died in the Troubles and then, you know, Channel 4 said, we're going to commission it, one of you guys. And we thought, oh, God, what will people think of that? Like, what if they think we're way ahead of ourselves? And, you know, people, what if people think that we commissioned it? I know, it's, 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 say, it's not like it was your decision. No, God, like... When we, did you find out that this mural was uh, happening? Back in, I think, like October, when we were filming Series 2. But they said it to us and we kind of didn't think it would go through. And then... It's so huge. It's like 20 foot tall. It's absolutely gigantic. Well, it's the side of a house. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I a mean, big, we'll, big we'll, two-story, yeah. We must put like a, a link <laughs> up to this um, for people who haven't seen it. But my, and but the detail it's is insane. very, very good. Yeah, it's not something I ever thought would happen. It wasn't what, like... seeing your face on the side of a house? <laughs> yeah. But also, did, I don't know if Louisa, when you met her, told you that her and Saoirse, when we were doing promotion, they snuck off down to the pub. And I missed it because I was paired up with Dylan for the interviews and Dylan's really well behaved. And I was like, where are the girls go? They were like, they're gone to the pub. I was like, damn it, <laughs> missed it. So they went down to the pub and it's called Badger's Bar in Derry. But they didn't even get a free pint. What? Yeah. Big mistake, Badger. Huge. Badgers. <laughs> Boy cutting badgers. I know, not a free pint. They did give us a cups of tea, though. I know, stick your cups of tea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Badger's bar. Mental. Mental. Nicola, how are you? I'm very good. I'm so pleased that we've got this together. Me too. I know we've been, we've been talking for a few months. Yeah, we have, this. yeah. But as I say to everybody, especially with actors, actually, no, even... Some musicians and, in fact, stand-ups, everybody who comes on, it's like, oh, Craig, sorry, this has come up, we've got to move, can we yeah. shift this, can we move this date? Um, but it, we get there in the end. But it's nice that, like, you know, another actor actually gets it, because I feel so bad, because I've had lots of random bits and bobs the last couple of months, and you're telling people, it's like, I can't do this, and I have to switch that and whatever, and other people think you're fobbing them off, but an actor gets, you know, that kind of way. Well, everybody yeah. knows that, because it's like, you know, we get it, because it's yeah. like, everything's changeable. And things come in, yeah. and we have to be accommodating to, to this. Yeah. Especially when I'm asking people to come on here and <laughs> talk about their personal life <laughs> in, such, in such beautiful and traumatic detail. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> but also in that interim, I've become obsessed with Line of Duty, so actually, oh, what we, great timing. We don't talk about that. No. Don't, don't talk about me on this. We know oh that. God, then no. The rules, those the rules. But even Come like, on. I can't get my mum to watch anything. Like, she'll watch Dairy Girls on repeat. Yeah. But there's a point at which I'm like, please, can we watch anything else? And then, like, I got her into Line of Duty. I couldn't believe it. And she loves it. Tell your mum I love her. Oh my God, she'll be so happy. <laughs> it's all right. We'll cut all this out anyway. It's fine. Um, so, speaking of your mum. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about growing up. So, I'm so where the, are we? Uh, we're in Oranmore, suburb of Galway City, County mm. Galway. Uh, youngest of four. My dad was in the army. He was um, he was a colonel in the army. And, and would would that mean, forgive my ignorance, would that no, mean that not he's not. away a lot? Or? He was away an awful lot. Yeah, before I was born, my family lived in the Middle East. They lived in Syria and in Israel. And I have that's why I've like grown up like, was born with FOMO, basically, because they did that in, like, the late 70s, early 80s. Mm. So I see these gorgeous pictures of them, like, all tanned in the Middle East and having the best time and living, you know, in this international community. And I'm like, I didn't get to go. Before you came. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, they like, then they used to torture me, like, oh, the good old years before you arrived. Um, and, and, yeah, so, like, my, my dad was away an awful lot. But it was weird because I remember saying about someone else's friend and my mum went, well, your dad was away a lot. I went, oh, yeah. But they kind of managed it so well, I never, like, realised. Like, he was in Honduras 
for a long time when I was little. He was stationed in Dublin. Mm. Uh, he was in uh, Croatia. I mean, he was he was an awful lot of places, but I just it was just the norm, I guess. And my mum was just so good at like you know, keeping things at home normal. But, like, they could have had the choice to move around, but I think they really wanted us to have, like, that stable yeah, upbringing. I think, that, I think that'd be really disruptive, wouldn't it? And I also, think so. if it's part and parcel and it becomes the norm, it's a bit like if two musicians or two actors yeah. have a child or children and it's like, well, one's going off on tour, one's doing a job, yeah. and the other one's back. It just becomes part and parcel. Yeah, So, therefore, absolutely. it isn't disruptive. It's the normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we just never, it just never kind of occurred to me. And then um, my dad, my dad sadly passed away right, um, right before I got Dairy Girls. No, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was like, it's weird because it's not a thing I like to talk about in general interviews, but these, I feel like this is like a different thing, so I don't mind now. I know, but also you know that you have full edit. Of course, cut, We can of cut course. anything out, no, so I, it's cool. I, I don't mind, but it's just a, it's a funny one because... I was doing, like, he knew I was auditioning for it and he, you know, I was trying to tell him, like, I think, I really think I might get this. I had a very strong feeling about Dairy Girls from the very start, which you don't often get, you know, you know the way it is. But, um... But sometimes even if you have the strong feelings... <laughs> yeah, I've had it go that way many times. I mean, I finish Dairy Girls in November and I'm, I'm only start, I'm only going to start filming in two weeks' time. So from November to July, technically I've been unemployed. So, like, people are like, you must be doing loads. I'm like, no, not really. Um... Yeah, but yeah, he kind of he knew I was up for it, but then yeah, it was so, it was very weird getting it at that time, and him never being able to know. And I've totally sidetracked myself now by no, no, telling no, no, like no. the saddest thing that's ever happened in my life. Um, no, we can go anywhere and we talk about anything, and yeah. we don't have to talk about anything you don't want to. It's totally yeah. cool, man. No, it's 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 a funny one because I think in a weird way it's really made me because I just, like had the like the real freaking actor struggle of like finishing drama school. It took me three years to get into drama school for starters. Finally got in, graduated, did nothing, got, like, really low, found London, like... Like, I have a funny relationship with London because I found it so hard when I moved here. It is hard, though. It's really hard. I don't think people say it enough. Because I had that real, like, I think weirdly in my head, I was like, it's going to be, like, fame. So I got, like, these, like, 100 headshots printed, which, I, like, is not a thing here. Sorry, I was like, I'm going to show up. I got business cards made, like, I thought I was going <laughs> to... But also the funniest thing was I got the maid, and my friend Camilla, who is still one of my best friends, was like, they don't even say what you do. <laughs> so it was like, Nicola Coughlin, and my phone number. She was like, what are, what are these? But I was just that could be very misconstrued, Nicola. Dropping those around so well, I, I wouldn't I know. do it. It, it was surprising he did not get me any jobs, but I, I did try it. But um, yeah, I found it awful. I really had a miserable time. So I moved down from, from Birmingham, which is where I trained, and then um, lived here, I think, for about maybe eight months, and then was like... At one point, I just reached, hit a wall and was like, I got, I've got to leave here. I'm very low and this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I just... Ugh. If it's yeah. a slog, if it's... Yeah. If it becomes, and cities can do this, can't they? They yeah. can become a very unforgiving city. They can just take and take and take. And then you're at a struggle and you're just hitting a wall. Oh, yeah. Then you've got to do something to remove yourself from that situation. Um, I always try and say that to people. Like, I've known people who've, you know, been in the, in the industry and found it really hard. And I said, just go back home for a bit. That doesn't mean you've been defeated. I mean, I, I certainly did feel defeated at that time. Of I was like, what the hell's going to happen? But it's not, it's just saying, I need a break. And even stuff like being like squished on the central line every day. And like, I was just going into work in a retail job every day. And I was like, not yeah. doing auditions. And I was like, this is... It's like, what did I work so hard to get into drama school for? I'm not doing a thing. No. But, you know, this is not... 
I felt like I'd been sold like such a fake idea of what was going to happen, you know. But um, and certainly yeah. sometimes we can romanticise about. <laughs> Look, we've got the ambition, but we can romanticise what could happen. Oh, this could, and of then course. actually, the day-to-day reality is really hard. Well, it's like you know what you just said. You can do a big show that everybody's talking about, and mm-hmm. then oh, it don't work for like six or eight months. Yeah, see, that's the thing, and I think I mean, I think I'm maybe complicit in not se- not selling a lie. That sounds really, but like I'll like. Like, I'm on social media all the time. Like, I do it because I enjoy it. you're very it. good on social media. <laughs> like, In fact, <laughs> myself and producer Griff had um, a meeting with uh, a company about uh, this podcast yesterday. And uh, you, you, I mentioned your name and he went, oh, she's very, very good on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny because we were at an awards there on Sunday. I mean, well, the, the other day. Awards, yeah, yeah, they were great. They were yeah. so much fun. But someone um, went up to see her. She was like, I love the show. She was like, and I love your work on Twitter. She's like, that's fucking Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, for fuck, because people do mix us up, which is hilarious because she's so dairy. But um, yeah, but I just, I just, it's like fun. Do you know what I mean? I don't really try and take it too seriously. Or... Well, you can't. Can you can't. It doesn't, but you, know... you know. You're really good at shutting people down, though. <laughs> you don't take no prisoners. I love that. Well, fucking Boris today, like, well, I only saw that someone, um, he put a picture up being like, I love being in pride, love wearing my, you know, pink cowboy hat. Da, da, da. And he abstained for the vote against equal marriage. Yeah. So I was like, you abstained against the vote. But I was like, you know, I don't need to read you because you've already read yourself. Like, you know, <laughs> you are such a hypocrite. But um, I'll, I'll generally only like respond to people if I find it funny. Like I've had terrible things said to me that I won't like, I'll, I'll ignore and I'm like, I won't give that airtime. But if it's just someone being a douchebag. Yeah, there was, there was a few people sort of being kind of rude, I think, uh, during sort of BAFTA time. And you just took them to task. And it was brilliant. And everybody was so behind you. Yeah, it was so... I mean, I just think, like, when you've got... Like, because I've just worked dead hard to get here. And I really... I'm so appreciative of where I am. Yeah. But then the BAFTAs is like... You know, it's not all about the award shows, obviously. But there's something about being there. You go, I got here and I fucking dragged myself up. And I got to... This is like the top of the top. And everyone around you that's there is so great and talented. And then... I was at the, the meal after the BAFTAs and yeah. everyone's starving hungry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, someone uh, sent me a tweet and they were like, I can't believe the Daily Mirror said this. And I was like, what did they say? Like, just, um, let's just talk about this for a minute. Yeah. Because there'll be some people who may have missed it and like, we're, you know, we're giving our time to a fucking gutter yeah. rag here, mm-hmm. remember. But I think it's important that we do it for other people's sort of self-esteem. I think so. so. I mean, it's like basically I... I mean, the whole... We didn't know. It's very important. We did not know da- what Dairy Girls was going to be when we did it. I've, I had my first acting job when I was about 14. Mm. Technically, my first one, I was nine. So I've been doing this an awful long time. But then the whole red carpet, all this photographs and all that. That's like a Just news... mad pressure. It's mad stuff, yeah. Like, if you saw what the red carpet of the baths looks like, I was like, this is mental. It's a wall of, like, 150 photographers, and you're stood there on your own. And you're like, right, there's nothing I can do if I've got, like, Horrible. a weird double chin. Yeah! But it's just, like, everything. And even the cameras are so good, like, they can see your individual pores, you know? And there's, no, <laughs> there's nothing you can do to hide that. No. And you think you're, what you're really going there for is to celebrate your work. And to say, I work dead hard, and this is an acknowledgement. I'm here with my peers. And yeah. and it's quite good. Like, I found the party really good crack, actually. The, right. the party was great crack, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, was, I was just there to, to celebrate. And like I, I like my dress, but basically, yeah, the Daily Mirror um, 
did a worst dress list on the night and put me on it. I didn't re- even realize they put Louisa on it too. Because yeah, but I didn't. See, I didn't read the article. Someone just sent me a screenshot. And generally, if it's a shitty article, I'm not going to share it and give it more airtime. No. But um, yeah. But then yeah, they were like, my dress was unflattering, and it was this, and I was like. No, it's not. I look smoking. Sorry about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't, again, didn't take that too seriously. But then so many people sent me messages. I was like, oh, this is happening to all of us, isn't it? Well, those it's lists, just, those best dress lists, worst dress lists. Who the fuck are you, you horrible, nasty so journalist nasty, to do right? that when people have taken their time to go out? It's the one night of the year. They've been yeah. invited to this thing. And they go, I just want to dress up and, you know. That's it. And the thing is, you, you'll know, most actors are so fucking scruffy. So it's not like I dress like that ever. No, but also, <laughs> most are really self-conscious about how they Absolutely, look. Absolutely, yeah. And you're, you're put so on display at something like that. It's very exposing. It's incredibly exposing, yeah. And you're just trying to, like... You know, you're main, I was mainly trying to go and have the crack. And I like... And the thing is, I felt happy in my dress. I liked it, but, you know, there's so many... You look, br- you look brilliant. Thanks very much. But, yeah, it's just just stupid. I was like, look, I'm dead proud of the show that I'm in and the work we've done, and I'm dead proud we're nominated. And, like, you're just reducing it to this bullshit. But, of course, that's what they do. It's what they do, because yeah. Because otherwise, they've got nothing else to sell. And it's not even... No, it's I know. It's such a non-story. And there's been certain people, and I literally... I don't want to say who they are, but it's pretty easy to figure out who they are, but who, like, were like, well, you should expect to be objectified. And I was going to say something, and I went... No, because that is your thing. Yeah. That is your thing. That that's what you do. And I thought it must. You must be. A, you must be sad in yourself because all you're doing is dragging people down. That's not very nice. Well, as I've said before, when things like this happen, it says so much more about them. Mm. Than yeah. Just about you. Yeah. And then I was like, I, I was, I went pure obnoxious on it though, because someone was saying something to me, and I was like, well, I don't care. I got to hang out with the sexy priest from Fleabag. So. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Scott, he's so cute. And he said to Snake and he was like, oh my God, have you seen Dairy Girls? And I was like, oh, the sexy priest has seen Dairy Girls, oh my God. That's a very good Andrew Scott impression. I used to, I, it was my, I'm actually going to go see him in, um, in Present Laughter tomorrow. Um, someone was telling me about that last night. Oh, oh it was Louise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't this wait is, to see uh, Louise Harland, who I'm talking about, by the way, who is just one of the Dairy Girls. Yeah, Orla McCool. <sighs> the coolest she is so, so cool isn't cool. she and the great thing is she doesn't know how cool she is she's just she's so I think cool. I when I met her I just kept saying to her I was like oh you're so cool you're so cool <laughs> just even like she'll like we, when I went to New York with my sister I brought my sister for her 40th um, along with us and she my sister was like let's do awards so she was like my friend, my friend Jack Rook she's like most likely to be the most hilarious man at this hour of the morning Louisa most likely to put on an old man's jumper and look like the most stunning model you've ever seen I was like yes really deserved amazing <laughs> that is correct <laughs> right yeah she just looked oh, so cool so let's so so that was that was this year that was January yeah January, January so yeah. that's where we are let's go right back now okay and let's go back to school the school yeah um how were you at school were you I... were you an academic Nicola? well i was one of those kids that we used to do these end of year t- i see the school system so different here i never know what to compare it to but they were called like micro t and sigma t so they okay, were like you're might yeah. as well just speak some Greek to me now. Do what you're talking about. You're right. Sorry, <laughs> excuse my ignorance. Explain that. They're to basically me. like the end of year test that you do to check your aptitude, and they were the results were kind of just meant to be given to parents to say this is how their reading level is and whatever. Yeah. But then my mom used to be like, "Well, 
your reading level is like that of, you know, a secondary schooler and you're this and this. So I was like, well, I'm a genius. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> believe, <really. laughs> believe your own hype. <laughs> yeah, just completely. Well, I'm great. But then I think it had a counter effect to me and then I was like, well, I'm very smart. <laughs> so I don't need to work. And that was fine in primary school. Then when I got to secondary, turns out, I was like, oh, probably need to work harder and hadn't learned the, like those skills. Um, I think I thought I tried to be good, but I was a terrible chatter. Ter- no. <laughs> what? I don't believe it. I know. This. Could you believe it? You're so subdued. Such bad. Um, yeah, I used to get in trouble a lot for talking, and I weirdly found my old school reports recently, and it was it was weird because, I mean, I was always kind of I'd always stand up for stuff. I told people this story loads, but I got in a fight with the parish priest. When I, was 12. I don't know the story. Yeah, basically. Tell me this story. Um, do you know what a choker box is? Uh, no, I probably no. will have to explain it for context anyway. Yes. Basically, it's um, where so like Claire in series one of Dairy Girls was doing the, the sponsored fast. Generally in Ireland, that would be for to collect for Trocra, which is this you know charity that helps the third world. Yeah. Um, but you'd keep a box in your house. So yeah. during Lent, if you were like fasting, you'd put the money in every time you thought about having the sweet you wanted or whatever. Right. Um, but then the parish priest came to our class and was like, "You have to make sure you bring your Trocra boxes back to your own parish." Because it, marry, it matters what the parish total is. And I was like, mm, that sounds like bullshit. And then I like put my hand up and was like, surely it matters where the money's going, not where, not how much money we've raised, because that it's about the poor people or whatever. And Instead I got, of going, oh, look how much we raised. Yeah, exactly. What, yeah, yeah. It, just re, it just kind of irked me. And then I got in so much trouble and sort of, yeah. What, for questioning it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that teacher at the time really didn't like me either, like... Because I would kind, of, I would kind of question. I wasn't a cheeky kid at all, like. Um, but I just found in primary school, I just got in trouble all the time for that kind of stuff. Where I'd go, but isn't like, why does it have to be that way? You know, and they go, stop. You know, stop. You're you're being cheeky. And I was like, I don't Ooh. think I'm being cheeky. I'm just trying to. But people can misconstrue cheekiness for people asking questions yeah. because they think they feel that the power's taken away from them. Absolutely, yeah. And like, we should <laughs> ask questions. I always encourage my son to ask questions definitely justify things you should do yeah in a, in a you know not in a cheeky way but in a rational way that's it and just like and but then they, i just i just immediately got in trouble and i thought no this is but i've always just like like if something i always felt like it's hypocrisy i'm like i have to be like but isn't why does that matter no it doesn't matter <laughs> but think, even knowing that i was going to get into a shit ton of trouble i think but, you have a very strong bullshit detector i do <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I can tell that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, and then in secondary school, I didn't get in so much trouble. I was much, because it was, it, was, um, it was Hellraiser kids in my secondary school, so in that, I was not too bad. And were you part of the Hellraiser gang? Or? Oh, God, no. Um, my best friend I have had since primary school, she's still my best friend. She just had a little baby, a little cutie called Fia. And um, yeah, we just kind of, I think we were in our own little world a bit. Do you know, we were very much into, like, movies and TV shows and we did the school musical and I was all all about that, so... Were you kind of knuckling down academically or were you just not like, no? much. Because I could kind of... I knew that I could do well enough without having to work too hard. Ah, OK, yeah. Well, <laughs> Which support. is a dangerous balance for kids because then I went to university after that. Oh, did and you? And again, the longer that it goes on, the less good grades you get. <laughs> because people are actually, who've lear- have learned to work do that and you go, uh, yeah, why am I not... coast and- for so long. <laughs> oh, someone's got to get we're going downhill. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was a, a big... So were you thinking <laughs> at secondary school you knew what you wanted to try and achieve for a career? Yeah, always. 
I actually, because I started acting in sec- professionally in secondary school, like quite consistently. How did that come about? Um, my drama teacher. I always really loved doing accents. I was always really fascinated by them. I still am. Um, but was, sh- sorry to interrupt. Was it yeah. your drama teacher at um, school? Uh, no, or, or we was... don't. It's a real disappointment in Ireland. We don't teach drama in schools as a subject and it's such it's such a pity yeah. because even for people it doesn't matter whether you want to go into it as a career or not for confidence that it builds for kids to allow oh. them to express themselves I feel like it and it's just an extracurricular thing and the kids that are privileged enough to have their parents that can pay for it that's fantastic and but yeah it's is a, it, is uh, it, I mean I agree cool. with with what you just said yeah. there for the confidence of children mm-hmm. career or not and we've spoken about this so yeah. much and everybody's yeah. in the full agreement yeah. that it's a great start to life skills definitely for these children now when you say when the parents can afford it yeah roughly how much are we talking for extracurricular stuff Jesus, you know, I really wouldn't know because I was such, I was so little when it was going on. It's something I'd like have to ask my mum. Yeah. Because I had no concept of of like money as a kid. Like we weren't, we weren't like, we were probably just like, it's funny because the class system, it's like this is going in so many different times. But the class system, system as it is in, in the UK doesn't really apply in Ireland. No. When I first moved over for drama school, oopsie. Um, oh. Sorry, not the mic if anyone's wondering why I said <laughs> oopsie, <laughs> like a, a Disney mouse. Um, it, when I moved to drama school, people would be like, I'm working class, I'm middle class. I was like, what? I was like, that's so foreign to me. I don't, mm. I don't like it relate doesn't compute, it. really, Not does it? It's really. a bit like talking to an, an American about yeah. the class system because they just. Just, they don't have it. Though. No, we don't. It's just not in the same way. It's not to say that there's not richer and poorer people because people oh, have yeah. tried this, but it's it's just not in, not in the in the same way. So like I suppose to I suppose I was kind of middle class. Like we didn't go on like foreign holidays, but I could still go to drama classes. If I don't know, it's hard to like categorize yourself. Yeah. But no, I was lucky enough that my parents like I did like um, you know dancing classes and drama and. So that was All something that you were throwing yourself into and they oh, were fully supportive of Unbelievably that, so, which yeah. Which is incredible, you know? I mean, Oh, my God. The extracurricular, the extracurricular stuff nowadays, uh, I don't think, is as strong as what it used to be at all. You yeah, know, throughout, maybe, yeah. Uh, certainly the UK, which is obviously that's my reference. Of course, yeah. Well, it's so important. It, as I said, it doesn't matter. When I was a kid, I was quite serious because I was like, I knew I wanted to get into it. So I was like at nine years old being like, well, Mary-Kate and Ashley, who were like a year um, older than me, were doing really well. And I was like, well, you know, they're doing really well, but what am I doing? I'm just in school. <laughs> and I always really wanted like pushy stage parents. <gasps> no, you didn't. No, I know. No. I actually, well, I thought I did. And I'm they not going to do this again. I said something about pushy stage parents last year. I got a load of emails. Oh no! So please don't respond to this. It's not about you. It's just no. a conversation. No, I, that's what I thought I wanted. But then in reality, they were just more so like make your own decisions, and they were so great in that and being like. And then I think that's what's going to make you really happy. The one thing my mum tried to make me do was classical violin because I played fiddle, so like Irish, you know, violin. Oh, I mean, cla- already, I, I was just having a chat with a, a musician. Before, yes, yeah, yeah, when yeah. When we met just now. And uh, he said, oh, Craig, do you not play anything? I went, no, not at all. Yeah. I said, do you think I could? And he went, you could try the drums. He went, whatever you do, don't start with the violin because it's really fucking hard. (laughs) But then I had that thing that as a kid I could pick stuff up quite easily and then that was not something... Sorry, musically? Uh, Yeah, but then I refused to practice. I was a night, I just didn't want to practice. Because my thing was like, I will be obviously either like immediately good at this or I will not do it. (laughs) So for the fiddle, I could could pick it up by ear and that's a lot more what Irish music is like. And 
you know, it's a really old tradition of like Irish storytelling as well. It was all, you know, word of mouth and listening and it's not about reading notes on a page. So that I could pick up then with classical violin, trying to read, I hated it. Like I just could not be doing with it. So that was the one thing I quit that my mum was like, I think I would really love you to try this. And Well, it's like whenever I've seen sort of um, trad sessions yeah. in pubs and people are going in and out. There's no music no. there. It's just like someone goes out and the music's carrying on, then someone comes in yeah. and they kind of pick it back up. And they just, It's like a massive jam session. Exactly, really, that's what it? it is. Yeah, it's much more just like instinctive and listening. So I enjoyed that, but then when it came, it, when it came to classical, it was just not, I was not about it at all. No, she's not downstairs here. Thanks. That rude interruption was brought by <laughs> a member of Soho who had come down the stairs and thought she was going to meet somebody. <laughs> Should I have just jumped out and be like, it's me! It's not you, Nicola. <laughs> Could have been. I have invited been anybody. I don't invite anybody else onto the podcast. <laughs> um, so where were we? Where, where were we? Were we? Uh, instruments. Kids and instruments. Instruments. Violin. Yes. So look, we're doing. Look, there's acting, there's dance, mm-hmm. there's musicians. I mean, you're covering kind of all bases here. Yeah. But there's there's not really one focus. Are you? S- it, well, it, I I did the class, but acting was definitely always the focus because my brother bought me a camcorder when I was nine. It was like a cheap black and white one that plugged into the telly, so you could only film in the sitting room. Oh, you big old narcissist. Yeah. yeah. So you sit, like, there's, there, there is reams of videos of me as a kid that I would just sit down and do different characters and do Which whatever. Which I'll put a link up to when you send <laughs> yes. them to me for the podcast. Yeah, they're, they're on a VHS at home. Like, I know exactly where they are at some stage because they're just so funny. And, like, <laughs> um, I used to get, um, we didn't have what we would call the channels. Have you ever heard an Irish person use that term? No. It means, <laughs> like, the English channels. So ah, we, we only had okay. um, RTE. Network yeah. too, but then there was all these shows that I'd hear about, like you know, like Live and Kicking and the Big Breakfast that you might see if you're at your friend's house. But then I used to get magazines. One we used to serialize a show called The Demon Headmaster, which I've actually never seen. You've never seen The Demon? <laughs> no. Don't watch it. That's traumatized. Oh really? I traumatized a load of kids. <laughs> They're still in therapy about the Demon Headmaster. Come on, well, that's I awful. thought it would be the coolest thing in the world. But it was it was um, it was serialized, and I think it was like Ms. Magazine. But I did like a series where I was like, I'm going to read it. <laughs> to camera like I definitely would have been one of those YouTube kids but like I was like where do I think this is gonna go you know but you obviously just sort of it's something you need to pour out you're just doing it (laughs) yeah definitely if it's there it's there that's it it's quite easy to spot sometimes yeah and it's funny because I think a lot of people think were you you a tap dancing like singing dance like I really was and I was a bit bit of an introvert in my own way and I think people are surprised when actors say that they go you're obviously not but most actors I know definitely have that side to them and it's sort of like like their own company and sort of, you know, I was in my, 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 my brain a lot rather than like tap dancing around, around yeah. the world. I think people were, I did, a, I did a movie, a short movie called The Phantom Cannot when I was 14 or 15. So but, that you, was, but that wasn't your first job. That wasn't my first job. No, my first job when I was nine, it was, I was an extra in a movie directed by um, James Brolin, hilariously. Really? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I didn't know who he was. No. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get the part I auditioned for, but they gave me like an extra role. So I got to leave school for the day, go and feed uh, swans on the, in the Cladda in Galway. I was like, this is the life, this Which is it. must have been so exciting for, yeah, and for then, someone so young. Yeah, but then I didn't tell anyone in school. I just felt... Why I, didn't you tell anybody? Um, I was kind of embarrassed in a way and thought they would think I wasn't telling the truth. 
I think because I think I remember so, reading so, like pop star interviews by saying that I used to go off and record my album and no one believed me and I thought that's what's going to happen people will think I'm lying and oh, I think it's just fabricated yeah so I didn't tell them and then but then when I did the Phantom Canuck when I was about 14 I also didn't tell people that I'd done it and then it came out with Intermission which is a movie with like Colin Farrell and I love Intermission yeah 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 but what it did came, they put in their coffee Brown's Horse Oh, God, yeah, yeah, It's been so long since, since I've seen it. You've got to try it. You've got to put the, the brown sauce. <laughs> yeah. What? And then they taste it and they go, no, you're right. That yeah. tastes Actually, really good. when you think about it, that mightn't be the worst. I don't know. I've never drunk a cup of coffee in my life. What? Yes. I was going to text you on the way because I got a nice coffee. So I was like, I'll see if you want one. No, no. That's very kind of you. No worries. No, I no would worry. have said no, thanks. <laughs> never drunk a proper cup of tea. A proper cup of tea. Oh, a cup of coffee in my life. Well, I've just moved into a new flat and I asked Jack Rook. Yeah. He came over. You moved in with Jack? No, I've just. Oh. I've, no, no, no. <laughs> um, no, Jack lives with um, a socialist called Bob. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, Jack came over the night. I was like, do you want some peppermint tea? He went, yeah. And I was like, oh, I don't have a kettle. <laughs> I, just, I just said, I was like, do you want to suck on this tea bag? But I did not say that to him. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, 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 don't have a kettle as yet. So you didn't tell anybody about The Phantom Cannot either? No, I didn't. And then it came out with Intermission. Intermission was like then the biggest Irish movie that had been out in years and years and years. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, oh God, I was like, this is... I was like, this is mad. And then at school, people come up to me and they're like, were you in a movie and why didn't you tell anyone? And then it became a whole other thing of like, and then it was kind of controversial because I obviously play a teenager on TV and I'm like an old lady. <laughs> but, uh, you're hardly an old lady, <laughs> Nicola, come on. But then at that time, I looked like, you can imagine how young I was when I was like 14. This is this is available on YouTube, actually, for anyone that wants to see the Phantom Canuck. We'll, we'll whack a link up. <laughs> yeah. It's, about, it's a three-minute movie, so it won't take too much of your time. But I think people thought I was an awful lot younger then. So there was, like, a debate on the radio, because it was a play on the word Canuck, which, you know, you can yeah, fill in the blanks. Um, but, yeah, people were like, it's disgusting. They had this tiny child in, and I was listening going, well, no, I'm a teenager. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, that kind of, like, blew my cover, I think, for, for acting. But I felt like, I think... Well, I don't know, but you know when you don't come from an acting background, it is it is a bit embarrassing to go, that's what I want to do, because it seems so unrealistic. It just seems like a mental thing to reach for. Yeah, so but still, I just... even though you think that, and people might sort of try and dissuade you, and you might think it's unrealistic, you're still not going to do anything about it. You're still going to carry on trying to do yeah. what you do. But it took me a long time to like actually say it to people. Like I went through like four years of university before I applied to drama school. God, I'm still like that. Yeah. I used to, years ago, when, like, if you're at a, like a do, not a do, like a party <laughs> or something, and you don't know people, yeah. and they go, oh, so uh, what do you do? Which is the fucking worst question yeah. ever in the world. Especially when you're not doing it. Well, just especially any, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. what someone does for a career doesn't define who they are. So no, they get to know who all. they are. And I just used to go, oh, just, oh, just work for British Gas. And they go, oh, all right. <laughs> Anyway, and then they'd leave, so I don't have to do that small talk about anything. And it was my go-to line for ages, and it fucking worked. Although there was one thing that when I... I did a play um, called Jess and Joe Forever, and it was kind of the thing that... that? It was... So it was an open audition I got. It was when I was going to have to quit acting. Mm -hmm. And the old old Vic were like, well, we'll, we'll just have an open audition, we'll have people in. You know, like, that never, ever happens. No, it not, just doesn't. Like well, I left, I left drama school about four, five years, maybe. I think it may have happened many years ago. Maybe yeah, before I it's got just it's very rare nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was all Vic new voices, and they um, all what sorry, all Vic new voices. Right, okay, yeah. I've which I don't know even know if they're still. I haven't heard much from them in a while. But they, so basically, I got it through that, and we did a one-off 
at the Old Vic. And then a year later, that got brought onto the Orange Tree. And then I signed with my agent from that. And then my first audition with them was Dairy Girls. So that play was the thing that really turned things around because I was not doing anything. I was working in opticians back home for, for about two years. So you went back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back a bunch of times. A bunch of times. Yeah, I, I had so many times where I was like, well, I failed again. Off I go back. <laughs> yeah, but through failing, what are you doing? Um, Learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I never... The thing is, it, it's such a cliche, but I really wouldn't change any of it. No, of course you wouldn't, because you wouldn't be where you are now. Yeah, but, like, it just also... The, sometimes I see very young actors who have kind of started and skyrocketed, and I'm like, you don't really know about the world. Or, like, you don't know... Like, if you see people being rude to people, I'm like, oh, my God, you can't carry on like that. And well, also, they, well, they can for a bit. They can for a and bit, then yeah. They that's can for gonna a bit. sort of implode, and yeah. they'll be left by the wayside. But I'm like, it's also just really, you know, we're all the same, and you can't think you're above somebody. That's crazy to, to have that, you know. But you, you, you do see it. But it'll still happen. It'll yeah. still happen, but of it course. just needs to happen less, and people need to stand up for, yeah, these injustices. I think. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Just yeah. to sort of be, just be decent. It's it's the easiest thing in the world just to be nice to someone, and it's it's been a really heartening thing actually, of you know meeting so many people in this industry like yourself and like Jodie Comer, Jodie Whittaker, you know, two absolute babes, yeah. absolute babes, but that they're so lovely and Such- grounded. Just grounded as hell. But I thought that was something against me for a long time. Because, I, I mean, you don't know why, why you're not getting jobs. You're, never, you're often told, you're not told if you did or didn't get them most of the time. Um, but I was like, am I too soft? Like, am I too, I'm like, too, like, nicey-nice or people think I'm, I worried about that so for you, a long time. So if you worried about that, did you consciously change something in your personality mm. to counteract that, if, if that's what you thought? Um, no, because... As like contradictory as it would sound like this to, as an actor, like I don't know how to not be myself. Do you know what I mean? I know that sounds so stupid. The, the thing is, yeah. you say that, that that sounds stupid. Yeah. I think that sounds incredibly yeah. grounded because yeah. only when you really know yourself can you sort of do I think other so. things. And I'm not sure what I have done that. Like I'm 32 now and I'm not sure if all this like dairy girls happened when I was 22 that I'd have that level but I've just been through shit now and I'm like oh I couldn't really and even someone I met someone the other day and they were like oh you're just the same as in interviews and I went well yeah I don't know how <laughs> I feel like it would be a huge effort <laughs> to make up another personality well, and really some people is. do it really well and I don't blame them because mm. it's hard sometimes well do they do it well maybe they, no, sometimes, well, they, sometimes I don't know if they do do it well because you go I can see that I can but then can we see it because we're actors uh, it's a good question. I don't, I don't have the know. Answer. But then I understand sometimes because, like, people, you know, use it as a form of self protection. And, like, I do sometimes find it weird. I forget, you know, you do forget sometimes that you've said stuff and people will come up to you on the street and they're like, What about, you know, you went to this school and you do that? And you think, How do you know that? And you're like, Oh, yeah, duh, I said it. Of oh, course. I've said all that before. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You're like, That's it. But it can, yeah, it can be, it's a, it's a strange old world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I think you knowing who you are as a person... Oh, yeah, that helps. I think it's... It's the greatest thing. Yeah, it, I mean, and it takes... 
for some people it takes a long, long time. Yeah, and it definitely took me a long, long time. Like, I think that's why I didn't, like, I was so kind of apologetic in a way during my 20s. I'd go into auditions, I'd be like, I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't go, why? I'm not going to do this job. I'm not going, Jesus Christ. Get in line, Nicola. Yeah, right? I know. And I know people who are highly, highly successful. Yeah. And they still feel like that to this day. Well, the one thing I think Judy Dench said about two years ago in an interview, they were like, you've got such an amazing career. She was like, oh, I'm just happy I'm still being hired. I thought, oh, Jesus, that's Judy Dench. We're all screwed. Yeah, well, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She's grateful to still... You have to be grateful. I think that's... I'd say that to... I keep going on the right. Like, say it to the younger people. But you've got <laughs> got to be grateful. You've got to be grateful. Like, I, as I said, I didn't work for however many months, but I wasn't like... You know, yeah, not the not pissed off, but you've just got to go, well, I've done this amazing thing and, like, I hope I'll do this again. And But if you're not enjoying it, there's literally no point. You shouldn't be doing it. No, but also you should never count your chickens. Jesus, you no. you just don't You don't know. know. No, I try and impress it on people an awful lot. Because people go, well, you're sorted now with Jericho's. I'm like, absolutely not. Oh, the, do you know what? Absolutely not. If you not. ever think like that, you're in... So much trouble. A massively, you've no clue how the industry actually works if you think that way. Mm. And even people think like, oh, I'll go into jobs and I'll just be offered them. Like I showed a friend <laughs> of mine, I wish. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would save me a lot of stress. But I've showed a friend of mine who was like down about not getting stuff, my Vimeo, which is where I upload my audition tapes. Right. And I was like, I just want to show you within the last two months, like 10 jobs that I haven't gotten. And they were like, oh. And I was like, yeah, look, we're... We're not publicising her. And I often, like, I don't know whether you can say the stuff you haven't gotten as well. I never uh, know what the protocol is with that. Well, you can say, um, and we can always beep it out, but I think you can say, because I know yeah, people, I just, I know people that have done, I know actors that have done interviews and they've gone, and I go, why would you say that? Oh, it was, we, we did this and I didn't get this. Just, yeah. sounds a little bit better, to be honest, yeah, if you're I, doing that. The thing is, I... I, I really don't mind now. And I've also gotten to the stage where I don't mind watching stuff that I haven't gotten because actually it's, it's taken me time to get there, but I'm like, you learn why it wasn't you. And you go, oh, actually, yeah, that's grand. I think there's Because I never would have fit that bill. I think so. there's somewhere within yourself that you do know why at some point. Yeah. Whether but it's I've, by I've, watching it I or... used to ban watching that kind of... I was like, I can never, I'd be too annoyed, I'd be... Duh. And then since I've, I don't know, gotten old, I don't know what it is, but I've just, I've then some, not all the time, but if I'm interested to see it, I'll watch it and go, oh, all right, okay, yeah. Because then you see what the little things that you just, that you didn't do and they did, you go, yeah, that makes sense. And it lets you release it because you go. And sometimes you go, well, I'm looking at that. I can't do that. Totally. Yeah. It's not in my skill set. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, also you go, oh, well, they can't do what I do. So that's, you know, it's fine. And that's why people do what they do. Yeah, Definitely. End of high school? Ended it. What was, I, the, what was the, the next step? I went to uni. Where? In uh, National University of Ireland, Galway. Right. Where my brother and sister had gone. Does that um, mean you were still living at home at this time? Yeah, because it was, it was quite close right. to the uni. So um, I studied English and Classics. I really wanted to go to drama school, but I was 17. So I felt like a baby. I was like, I'm not ready at all. And, but then went in. Was started, that your decision? Yeah, 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 completely. Like, to be fair, my parents were so good about it. But I, yeah, it was something I wanted to do because I didn't want to miss out on that experience. But then, you Did know... Did they encourage you to get a university degree? 
Um, they did, but they really did leave me to my own device. I'm sure if I turned around at that time and said, I'm off to England, <laughs> they would have been like, no, you're not. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, it, I, it's what I wanted to do myself. But because um, I thought at 17, I wasn't ready. I was not ready to come over here. Definitely. No. I'm so glad I didn't. Because also I've been to drama school and I've seen people at 18 go. I'm like, yeah. you're little babas. And I don't mean that in a patronizing way, but I'm no. like, you need the time. And it's such, it, and drama school is not like the real world at all. Far from it. And it's, and I had a wonderful time there and it's not to, you know, dismiss it, but it will, it will make you think things are going to be a certain way and they're not. And also, Nicola, think about the growing up you do. Yeah. As a woman between, or as a man, between 17 and 32. Yeah, I it's, mean, I just, I'm so, I'm so glad that I kind of had that wherewithal at that time that I went, because I, so I did um, three years in Galway and I did a year, an Erasmus here in Malta, which is the first time I lived away. Right. What were you doing there? Um, same thing, English and classics. Right. But I lived with um, all the international students. How was that? Oh, it was amazing. I had the best. I'm still really good friends with so many of them. Are you really? Mm-hmm. That was in 2006. God. But we're all, yeah, we're all still in touch and everyone's having babies now. And But they were just like a, such a lovely gang. And But it, I think it was important to do that because I'd been in, you know, I'd you know, gone to school, secondary school, uni in the same place. So going away like that and the first time on my own and never, I think that, that was important for me. Because then when it came to applying to drama school, having to come over to England by myself. Yeah. You know, that was really scary. So that was the next step after university? Yeah. And what was uni? Was it three? Uh, I did, well, four in total. So I did three in Galway and one in Malta. Right. So I was I was 21 when I was leaving, yeah. Okay, so now you're at 21. Felt and ready. You, you're going, right, I've done but this, was I'm ready. Mort- mortified to say I wanted to go to drama school. I was like, everyone's going to laugh at me. Everyone's going to think this is so stupid. Went to the career guidance in the uni and they were like, oh, we think that these are drama schools and... I got a brochure of them and applied. Oh, but great, every- ha- great help. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that I understand it's not the normal thing. They're like, so I just finished my arts and classics degree. I think I'm going to be an actor. They're <laughs> like, really? Um, so I applied. Every, everywhere, everywhere was closed to apply to aside from Lambda and the Oxford School of Drama. You're right. So I applied to those two. Yeah. Went to the Lambda audition, forgot my speech, left, was so depressed, cried. <laughs> well, of course. Went to, I was on my own. I didn't know a soul in London. Was like wandering around. Like, <laughs> um, then went to the Oxford audition. Didn't get through the afternoon session that they had. Yeah. Was wandering around Oxford crying. Oh, man. <laughs> and someone did that thing like, don't worry, cheer up, love, it'll never happen. Well, thanks I was for like, that. It has fucking happened. It fucking just happened. Like, fuck off. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but then somehow then they offered me, that was the three-year course I applied for, they offered me a spot on their six-month foundation. For, for I, Oxford, yeah, right. Which was just like such a like. I didn't. I had no plan of what would happen if I didn't. But I thought I didn't get that. But then they offered it to me. I was like, oh. But then I went there and I was like, oh, this is the right place. Actually, this feels correct. This feels like where I should be. Right. Um. I just loved it so much. But then finished that and didn't get on there three years. <laughs> right. So that was just six months. That was six months foundation. But I adored it. I learned so much in that space of time. You know, made some of my best friends. How were you about being away from home? Yeah, grand, because I'd done it... I think it's easier when you're younger, actually. I've learned that now. Because you can just go with wild abandonment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I was worried, like, what's going on at home? Is everyone all right? So I was just like, this is great. I'm... I don't care. I'm just going to go into loads of trouble. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, act the maggot, as my mum would say. It's such... Act... act the maggot. Explain that. Um, acting, act, acting like a brat, but in less of a... In more of a charming way. Again. Act... Your mum has come into this more than once. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm already a big fan of your mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's great, but she's um, she, my mum's from Longford, and there's a girl from Longford on Love Island right now. 
Is there? Yeah. Don't bring Love Island into sorry, this podcast. Sorry, I won't. I'm sorry. I, I never know, said I it. I know you like it. <laughs> we'll definitely beep that shit out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I, I finished at Oxford. I was like, well, I'm obviously going to get into the three. I've learned all of the acting. And that didn't happen. And it didn't happen. I was, like, one of the like the most devastated I've ever been. Like, like collapsed on the floor, crying, devastated. I was just awful so I had I'd applied to other places didn't get it anywhere I was like well I'm obviously shit so I went and worked in a physio clinic for a year um on reception and running the office and did stuff. that sort of batter down your self-esteem but really badly yeah I thought well I'm, I was like I thought I did really well I felt like I finally like I've really I really belong in it it felt, it felt right and you'd done that six months foundation yeah and was like and had done well on like all my like on my reports from all the different teachers I was like well I must be doing something right and then yeah. that's again I was like, this doesn't make Things yeah. end. I don't know what to do, and um, yeah. So then, yeah, just moved home for a year. But again, really grateful for that year. Wasn't at the time. Was like, why? I'm like, what a failure. Other people had gone straight into drama school and were already starting their three years. Sure. I was like, I'm doing shit all here. But then, you know, we just it's just life skills. It's just time. It's yeah. giving you the time. And and again, it's about you know, do I need to compare myself to what that person's doing? Yeah. I just need to probably no, focus. No, and there's, it's, it, and I think I learned that at the time because I used to be like, because I have a lot of time like at my desk and stuff, and I'd be like, okay, who got into where, and what are the presenters in this drama school, whatever, and I was like, well, this person got in here, and I'm kind of similar to them, and you have to learn through that it's all bullshit. You can't compare yourself to anyone no, in this industry. No, you're never going to have the same career as any. It's just not possible. You no, know, that kind of way sort of madness lies a little bit. Yeah. It's, Really it's when because we have so little control you're trying to find control yeah I used to look up drama schools and I was like the percentage of people that get from the foundation course to the main course is this much okay da, da, da. you know because you're trying to be like control yeah. it like, you can't you can't you can't sort of be mathematical about Mm-mm-mm. this approach at all Mm-mm-mm. no so Not that was how long were you home for a year I was home for a year and then I reapplied again to where uh, I think Guildhall mm. Lambda yeah um, Birmingham and Oxford again right and oh, you reapplied for Oxford? Yeah, and, and fucked it up again. But really fucked up the audition. Like Why? I, um, it just... The way I describe people is it just wasn't there. I think there's something about really fucking up yeah. and really doing well. And then there's a horrible place in the middle where you're just like nothing. Like you've not... I just not, I don't know how to ever properly do it. Just nothing kind of happened. I just seemed very flat and it just... And they kind of went, oh, well done. Um, yeah. And he just sort of like, oh, and I was just so devastated. I was like, this. I thought I was going to go back and like boss it and absolutely do great, and I just didn't. And then I got through to the final rounds for Lambda, and I, I thought Lambda, what, what a great place for me, I really want to go there. And again, did the same thing, went to the Lambda recall, or the, like, whatever the, the final stages, I can't remember, but, um, and then was just really bland <laughs> and was just devastated. And then got into Birmingham, where one of my best friends was, and was like, okay, ugh. But then had a great time there. And it's weird because you think, in life you think, like, I want this, this and this. Yeah. And then it doesn't happen. You're like, I'm a huge disappointment. But then... I'm a failure. Yeah. yeah. But then you can think you know what you want. And then yeah. it's funny because I'm not sure now that as time has passed, like I've known people that went to both those drama schools for the three years and I don't really think actually they would have been the right place for me. Do you know what I mean? Like the one really good thing about Birmingham is they didn't try and impress a certain thing upon me they kind of let you become your own type of actor yeah which really suited me because I didn't I didn't feel like a, a, a typical like you know everyone at Oxford was called you know a very posh name like Barnaby or Millie or da, da, da. and I was right, like well yeah. I'm not that so I don't really know am I not a proper actor but in Birmingham it was much more of a spread across 
society yeah. <laughs> of people and I felt like not not pressured to be a certain type of actor so I think that was that definitely helped me in the long run and that was a really good time there yeah it? I had a great time sounds so, like you're a really happy time there it was and I made some like amazing friends and it was just and it also like I also you have to be in London to train you really don't that's such you get these things in your head and you hear them from people but um oh it's absolute bullshit it's rubbish you know it's I don't so know why that's sort of plasterboarded over everyone yeah. that you have to be in London or you have to when you graduate, you have to be in London. Yeah. It? So it's not at all like, you know, I spoke to so many people who've from Wales, trained in Wales, yeah. trained in Scotland, moved back to Scotland mm-hmm. and have great careers. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just this, there's no one size fits all approach with this. But then I think you're so vulnerable. You're going to believe whatever someone tells you because you really want it to happen. Especially after you graduate. I yeah, suppose, you're you know so I mean? vulnerable. Is then. that what they, who was telling you that from being in Birmingham? Um, I mean, it was just a thing that everyone was doing. It was just like, well, we all have to go to London. Yeah. But then when I got here... Kind of becomes the norm. Yeah, you're like, you just go down there. But then I came down here and I signed with like a small agency. But I was like, oh, but I'm not doing auditions. And then I was like, oh, it's really expensive to live here. And oh, I'm working full time. So when can I go to the auditions? And oh, none of this doesn't actually make sense. This doesn't all fit together, and that made wait me. Wait a minute, I've got to live. Yeah, so I've, got I've got to work, and I've got to live, but then I've got to go to auditions. And... Yeah, I was like, oh, hang on, this doesn't make any sense. Actually, no. this is not gonna, this isn't gonna work, is That's it? It's pretty confusing. It was, yeah, I found it. Oh, I was, yeah. So, what was the plan? Um, Next to go move back home. I moved back home. Yeah, I was. I After got... how long did you move back home? I, I think it was about seven months. That's a guess. I could, I could work it out, but it would be boring. But let's say it was about that time. Yeah. Um. And I'm, I was like, well, I'm just a huge failure. Again, Again that keeps coming back. So yeah, this I was is like, a, it, this, this, yeah. your self-esteem is taking a fucking battering at the moment yeah. throughout all these years. But I, like, but every sign was like, okay, well, this is just hasn't worked. This hasn't worked. This hasn't worked. And I was like, well, you think you go to London after drama school and then you get a great job and then you this and this and this and, yeah. you know, um, and then do you know Luke Barnes? He is a playwright. He was on Game of Thrones for a few years as an actor, and now he's a playwright. He wrote Chapel Street Bottleneck. Um, no, I feel like I know the name Luke he, Barnes. Yeah, so he, we went to Oxford together, and um, he he's just brilliant. But basically, went up. I was I was back home for a while. What the hell was I even doing? What was I even doing then? I, had, I definitely had some job. Um, but, but just for, just stop for a minute, Nicola. Yeah. During all this time. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't, it's already not been easy, Mm-mm. right? And this is just the training. Yeah. Before you get into the one of the <laughs> hardest. In the, was there ever a point where you went, oh, wait a minute, like, the gods are telling me, I've got to, st- I've got to stop now, this is not, this It was this weird, like, good. I think it was just so in my heart and soul. I just loved it, like, it gives me such joy that I just thought, I don't know. Like it was, there was definitely, there was, it, it, and it's the classic thing of the point right where I thought this isn't going to work. Then something. Then it was yeah. the thing that changed everything. It's such a cliche. No, but it, it's true. Yeah. It's you when know. I started making plans. I thought maybe I was like, what could I do? And I was like, well, maybe I could be a Montessori teacher. I was like, I really love kids. And yeah. that's such a cute age. And then that audition, the tweet from the old Vic about that audition came about. It's like that thing when so many actors go, oh, I'm just going to book a holiday, nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah. Book the holiday, yeah, there you go, you've got a job. Screw. And it's like, well, just, do you know what? Just go, you book the ho- go on holiday. Yeah. Going on holiday will do your soul much more good than going to do oh. this tiny little job 
Yeah, you've yeah. got you've got to listen to your gut with things in this industry so much. Only that's the only, only thing way. To, only thing to listen to because that never lies to you. It doesn't, and, and even like there's every, been everybody else does. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so true, but I think yeah, that's at the end of the day what's because I knew, and the thing is, what I've been really grateful for is I've always had that fear of you know you think this is going to make me happy, and I'm very wary of people that ever have that mentality. But I was like, this will make me happy. But then. I've been really grateful now that every job I've had has really given me that joy and happiness. Yeah. It really genuinely does. And if it didn't, I wouldn't do it. But also you generate your own joy and happiness. You do. It has to. Uh, it's know. a lot about your mindset, I think. And I'm an actually like, like I get anxious about stuff, I get worried, but I, I like tune my, my brain into it. I'm like, look, you need to look at what you're doing. Be grateful. And it, that, that, that definitely changes my mindset anyway. Because you it's do like, seem a very grateful and happy person in, in yeah. the most natural, unforced well, way I possible. Well, I try, but I just had, like, yeah, just had a lot of, like, really like, shitty things happen on the way to this. And I'm also aware that, you know, things can change. Like, I always feel like you could genuinely get Dairy Girls and then never work again. Hang on, do you want to know? What time is it? Well, let's see if my new job's got announced. Let's see if the new job's got announced. So basically, this is live, yeah. happening. So this is the first time I've ever been able to tell anyone officially about yeah, it. Yeah, this is fucking great. Let's um, do this. This is absolutely mental, right? So I was up for a sitcom. Yeah. And was doing um, a bunch of auditions for it and just kind of fucking them up. Do you know what just happens? It was just like... Still, were... look, we're going back to drama school auditions again. We get to a certain <laughs> stage and you, you fuck things up. Yeah, it was just but like... you know what? You and so we all do. Yeah, that's because the you know thing, what? but people a, don't think it. It's a lot of pressure, Nicola. It's so much pressure. But even, like, I think the more that you're convinced that you're going to fuck up. So I was I was doing those auditions for this sitcom, and then my agent was like, look, I have this one other thing for you to go in for. She's like, it's a period drama, I went, Grant. So when I did a tape with, do you know um, Kelly Hendry? I know of Kelly Hendry. Yes. So her assistant called. She's like, she was, she was like, will you go and meet Cole? It's just like a tape. I went, yeah, Grant. Didn't think about it. Very much. Went, learned the script, did the tape, all grand. Then um, didn't get the sitcom that I've been editing for, for for months. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then got a call from my agent and was like, yeah, that tape. I went, yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, the people at Netflix have seen it and they want you. And I went, what? I was like, that seems fake. <laughs> that doesn't seem right to me at all. <laughs> and she went, yeah. Um, and she was like, but you've got to send them over um, like a big long showreel. She was like, I'm going to make them a press pack. Don't even really know what that is. It's very agent stuff. So I sent them that stuff, and basically, two weeks later, they offered it to me. Um, it's Shonda Rhimes' new period of drama for Netflix. Nice. It's ridiculous. That um, is... That's uh, quite a, a yeah, huge deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite scary. But it's getting announced today at three. And, I'm, of course, my internet's not working, so I can see if... But they were like, Deadline Hollywood is announcing it at three. It's fucking mental. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. But you see, the thing is, <laughs> you're saying that, but you still come across as going, oh, my God, this is ridiculous, but I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, I, I mean, they had us for drinks the other night, and Chris Van Dusen is our showrunner, and he did a lot of Scandal. And I, ha- like, I can never, like, I not... Scandal. He's so Scandal's great. great. They just make such ridiculous stuff. Like, I just, I don't, that's why I'm like, it, I mean, the imposter syndrome is is is, is up there <laughs> at the minute. Like, it's, it's peaking. Embrace <laughs> the imposter because that ain't going anywhere, yeah. I'm sure. Until we finished filming the full series one of Dairy Girls, we weren't convinced we weren't going to get fired. I've heard horror stories. 
horror stories. But I had to go up to Chris the other night at these drinks and I was like, are you sure I'm not a clerical error? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Julie Andrews is, is, is voicing the series. It's, rid- it's, rid- it's ridiculous. Julie Andrews. Yeah. I cried when I found out. When I got cast, I was so happy. Like I was like, eh. but when I found out about Julie Andrews, I just started crying and my mum cried. I was, gonna and... say, I was just about to ask, what did your mum think? My mum cried. <laughs> yeah, I bet she did. <laughs> and she said, and we had dinner that night. She said, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm eating. Because all I can think about is Julie Andrews. And I said, yeah, I'm the same actually. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's mental. I don't know. The internet's not working, so I can't tell if they've announced it, but they said it at 3 o'clock. It's 3.30. Well, Nicola, I'm <laughs> so, so thrilled Thanks. for you. And I love it when good things happen to nice people. <laughs> um, and I'm really pleased that you managed to come on. I'm so thrilled. And you are more than welcome back. Any Thank time. you. You left come over to me new gaff or pint. It's got it's got no constructed furniture in it. I've been sleeping on a blow up bed <laughs> for the last two that's nights. Perfect. We'll Some, just... Someone's coming to put together my IKEA furniture tomorrow. That's always the best way. A friend yeah. of mine, I said, I said, how was your weekend? And he said, you know what I did? Look at my hands and he had blisters on his hands. He was putting together beds and no. wardrobes. And I said, you know, you can get a fella to come round from IKEA and do yeah. all that for you. And can you? <laughs> I went, yeah. He went, hmm. You told me that last weekend. I didn't know. <laughs> Nicola, thank you what so, a pleasure. so much. Absolute pleasure. This has been a delight. Oh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it really oh, did. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> another episode is done and what an absolute belter of a conversation she's just brilliant i'm so so chuffed she came on so nicola if you are listening thank you so much for giving up your time and uh thank you for listening and downloading and subscribing um what else have i got to tell you i'm sorry for the big intro ramble on i think i'm just a bit tired a bit brain dead which what happens um, when I'm brain dead? I just carry on waffling and rambling and talking, and I really shouldn't. I should end this intro, shouldn't I? But I can't because I've got something else to tell you. Um, you may already know that um, next week's episode is going to be a conversation with a poet who is very close to my heart, who is Lem say. And if you haven't read his book that's just been published, it's called My Name Is Why. Really do get along quick and snap it up. It's just as I'm recording this, it is number one in the Sunday Times bestseller chart and in the non-fiction chart, I do believe. So massive congratulations to Lem. It's heartbreaking, um, powerful... Well, I finished reading it the only time in Greece where I had any sort of time to myself was when I got himself to bed and have a couple of glasses of wine on the terrace and I would finish Lem's book and it drew me to tears and then I got very angry but then I felt positive It, it fills you with so many emotions and the way he's written it anyway look I'm not going to ramble. We're going to get into that on the podcast that I'm going to record next week. And I'm thrilled that it's coming on. It's, it's going to be really, really fantastic. I might be a bit overwhelmed. I'm a, a big fan. And then we've got two full days next week in London with... I can't tell you, but I can tell you... A big Hollywood actor 
is one. Probably the biggest, if not certainly one of the biggest and best and most well-loved television presenters in the UK. An amazing northern actor and a very up-and-coming actor who I think is going to be a massive star because he's already one of the nicest human beings because that's who we have on. Decent, nice people with good stories. So, yeah, it's all very, very exciting. Um, YorkTheatreRoyal.co.uk Go check it out, get your tickets. And I'm going to announce the guest as soon as I get confirmation. I will announce it. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Um, but it'll, it'll be someone fantastic, I promise. What else to tell you? Uh, you know, we're on Patreon. We survive and we make this with your help. Go to patreon.com forward slash two shot pod. Anything you can give a pound a month. The price of a cup of coffee, and everybody says it's done it. The price of a cup of coffee, the price of a pint a month, whatever you can do, everything really does help. Because as you can hear, we've got no sponsors. We do this off our own back. This is our second year running. Oh, and I will tell you, I've already recorded episode 100 of this podcast, and it is nothing short of brilliant. I'm not going to tell you who it is. All I will tell you is it's somebody who you've been asking for for a long, long time, probably since we started. And I'm so... I nearly said... I nearly said their name. Yeah, I should definitely go and start doing the washing from the uh, the suitcase, shouldn't I? Right, look, you know we're on all the social medials... Medials? Medials. On, let's rename it. We're on all the social medials um, at Two Shot Pod on Twitter... Facebook, Instagram, uh, twoshotpod at gmail.com. We love hearing your messages and we're so grateful when you do because we always get back to you, as you know. So, until next week, I've been Craig Parkinson, he's been producer Griff, and this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Please take care of yourself, uh, be sound, and, um, yeah, I'll see you back next Thursday. It'll be episode 97. Take care. Bye. Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers.